Welcome back to another exciting episode of the NPR podcast. I'm Tom, your host. And I'm Jen, your co-host. We have a fascinating topic to discuss today, so buckle up. That's right, Jen. Today, we're diving into the world of 3D semantic scene completion with contextual instance queries. As presented in the paper titled Symphonize 3D Semantic Scene Completion with Contextual Instance Queries. That's quite a mouthful, Tom. But don't worry. We're here to break it down and make it easy to understand. In simple terms, the goal of 3D semantic scene completion is to accurately predict the per-voxel occupancy within a 3D scene from partial litter or image inputs. Absolutely, Jen. And this task is crucial for autonomous driving because it allows vehicles to have a holistic and comprehensive understanding of their surroundings, enabling safe navigation and obstacle evasion. Exactly, Tom. Now, this paper introduces a novel paradigm called symphonies, which takes a unique approach to 3D semantic scene completion. Instead of solely focusing on voxel-wise feature aggregation, Symphonies incorporates contextual instance queries to enhance the instance-centric semantics and broader context. That's right, Jen. The idea behind Symphonies is inspired by how humans perceive and comprehend the world through instances, where segments of pixels or voxels provide rich semantic information. The paper proposes utilizing contextual instance queries as proxies to interact with image and voxel features, creating a more comprehensive understanding of the scenario. And this is where the symphonize comes in. Symphonies dynamically encodes the instance-centric semantics and orchestrates a symphony of interactions between the queries, image features, and scene volume. This allows for a more accurate and efficient completion of the 3D scene while considering the broader context and alleviating geometric ambiguity caused by occlusion and perspective errors. Absolutely, Jen. The results of symphonies speak for themselves. The paper reports a state-of-the-art result of 13.02 MIOU. Mean intersection over union. On the challenging semantic kit TI dataset, outperforming existing methods and showcasing the promising advancements of this paradigm. It's incredible to see how this research is pushing the boundaries of autonomous driving perception and scene understanding. The code for symphonies is also available on GitHub for anyone interested in diving deeper into the implementation. And that's a wrap for today's introduction to Symphonize 3D Semantic Scene Completion with Contextual Instance Queries. Stay tuned for the rest of the episode where we'll discuss the architecture of symphonies and delve into more details about its key components. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media for updates on new episodes. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next segment. Background music fades out. Upbeat jingle playing. Welcome back, folks. 
We have a very important announcement to make. Today's episode of Tom and Jen's Wild World is sponsored by the one and only Tickleberry's Sock. Emporium. That's right. Tom, are you tired of boring, unexciting socks that just sit there, motionless, on your feet? I show them, Jen. But fear not, because Tickleberry's Sock Emporium is here to save the day. Picture this. Folks, you slip on a pair of socks from Tickleberries, and suddenly your feet start dancing uncontrollably. It's like a party in your shoes. And guess what? These socks come in all shapes and sizes. They've got socks with polka dots, socks with stripes, even socks with tiny little acrobats. You heard it here first. Folks, step up your sock game with Tickleberries. Not only will your feet be the life of the party, but you'll also be the talk of the town. That's right, Jen. And let's not forget the ultimate sock experience. Tickleberry's Sock Emporium introduces, wait for it, tickling socks. Tickling socks, Tom? Are you serious? I'm deadly serious, Jen. These special socks have built-in tickling mechanisms that will tickle your feet throughout the day. Giving you constant giggles and uncontrollable laughter. Now, that's what I call a tickle party. So, folks, don't miss out on this incredible offer. Head over to Tickleberry's Sock Emporium today. And tell them Tom and Jen sent you. Get ready to dance, laugh, and experience the world's craziest sock extravaganza. Upbeat jingle fades out. And now, back to Tom and Jen's wild world. Stay wild, folks, and keep those giggles coming. Welcome back to another episode of Science Explained, the podcast where we break down complex scientific topics into intuitive and accessible explanations. I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. In today's episode, We'll be diving into the world of multi-agent trajectory planning and exploring a research paper titled Robust Mater, Decentralized Multi-Agent Trajectory Planner Robust to Communication Delay in Dynamic Environments. That's quite a mouthful, Jen. But fear not. We'll break it down step by step and make it easy for everyone to understand. Absolutely. Tom. This paper addresses the challenge of communication delays in multi-agent systems you know. When multiple agents or robots are working together, communication is crucial. But what happens when there are delays in communication? That's what this research paper aims to solve. That's right, Jen. Most existing multi-agent trajectory planners assume perfect communication, which is not realistic in real-world environments. The authors propose a new decentralized, asynchronous multi-agent trajectory planner called Robust Mader, R-M-A-D-E-R, which is robust to communication delays. So, how does R-M-A-D-E-R ensure safety in the presence of communication delays? Well, it introduces a delay check step, where an agent keeps receiving trajectories from other agents and repeatedly checks if it's newly optimized trajectory conflicts with others. Additionally, 
RMADER uses a two-step trajectory publication scheme to broadcast and commit to collision-free trajectories. That's a great summary, Jen. And to validate their approach, the authors performed in-depth analysis, benchmark studies, and hardware experiments. They even tested RMADER on a mesh network with dynamic obstacles. Achieving a 100% success rate of collision-free trajectory generation. That's quite impressive, Tom. This research paper not only addresses the challenge of communication delays but also considers dynamic environments with obstacles. It's a significant contribution to the field of multi-agent trajectory planning. Absolutely, Jen. And what's great about this paper is that it provides supplementary material, including a video demonstration and code implementation, allowing researchers and practitioners to replicate and build upon this work. That's the beauty of scientific research. Tom, collaboration and building upon existing knowledge is what drives progress. And with the robust Mater algorithm, we're one step closer to deploying multi-agent systems in real-world scenarios with resilience to communication delays. That's right, Jen. And that wraps up our introduction to the paper Robust Mader. Decentralized multi-agent trajectory planner robust to communication delay in dynamic environments. We hope you found this overview helpful and that it sparked your curiosity to dive deeper into the world of multi-agent systems. As always, we'll include the links to the paper, video demonstration, and code implementation in the show notes. So be sure to check those out. Thanks for tuning into Science Explained. I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. Stay curious and keep exploring. Music Intro Welcome back to another episode of Bubbles Unleashed. I'm your host, Tom. And I'm Jen. And today, we have a very special sponsor for our show. This podcast episode is brought to you by Drumroll Asterisk Physipedia, the ultimate guide to bizarre bubbles. That's right, folks. Physopedia is your one-stop shop for all things weird and wonderful in the world of bubbles. Want to know which bubblegum flavor produces the loudest pops? Physopedia has got you covered. Or what about the secret technique to blow a bubble big enough to house your pet goldfish? Physopedia reveals all the bizarre tricks of the trade. And let's not forget the section on unusual bubble inventions. Have you ever heard of the bubble car wash? Physopedia has the inside scoop on these wacky contraptions. That's not all. Folks, Physopedia even has an entire chapter dedicated to bubblegum artists. From bubblegum sculptures to bubblegum paintings. You won't believe what these artists can create. This mind-blowing podcast is filled to the brim with fascinating bubble content. So don't miss out on your chance to become a true bubble connoisseur. That's right, Tom. And remember, folks. This podcast episode is sponsored by Physipedia, the ultimate guide to bizarre bubbles. So grab your bubble wands, tune in, and get ready to be blown away. Literally. So stay bubbly, listeners. 
And thanks again to Physopedia for making this episode possible. Keep chasing those bubbles, everyone. Until next time. Music outro. Hello and welcome back to another episode of our award-winning NPR podcast. I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. Today, we have an exciting topic to discuss. A groundbreaking paper titled S-C-E-N-E-R-E-P-L-I-C-A. Benchmarking real-world robot manipulation by creating reproducible scenes. That's right. Jen. This paper introduces a new reproducible benchmark for evaluating robot manipulation in the real world, specifically focusing on pick-and-place tasks. The authors have designed this benchmark to be easily accessible to researchers and practitioners, ensuring that the results can be compared to other studies using the popular YCB objects dataset. That's fascinating. Tom. It's important to have standardized evaluation frameworks in robotics research so that different techniques and algorithms can be compared on a level playing field. This benchmark aims to provide just that, allowing researchers to compare different algorithms for object perception, grasping planning, and motion planning. Absolutely. Jen, the authors have carefully selected 16 YCB objects which are readily available for purchase, to create scenes for their benchmark. They then use a combination of stable object poses and reachable locations for the robot to generate scenes in the simulation environment. That's a smart approach, Tom. By using stable object poses and ensuring that the objects are within the reach of the robot, the authors can create realistic and reproducible scenes for evaluation. And what's even more impressive is that they have taken it a step further by replicating these scenes in the real world without the need for AR markers or external equipment. That's right. Jen. Instead of relying on AR markers, the authors use reference images of the scenes and overlay them on the real camera feed. This allows them to accurately place the objects in the real world scene making it possible to recreate the same scene in different environments for evaluation. It's incredible how they have managed to bridge the gap between simulation and reality in this benchmark. By providing an easy-to-use tool for replicating scenes in the real world, the authors have made it accessible to researchers and practitioners who can now evaluate their algorithms on a standardized and reproducible platform. Absolutely. Jen. Not only does this benchmark provide a valuable tool for advancing the field of robot manipulation, but it also allows for a fair and standardized comparison of different techniques and algorithms. This will undoubtedly lead to faster progress in developing robot manipulation methods. And that's what we're all about here at our podcast, showcasing the latest advancements in technology and how they impact our daily lives. This paper is a perfect example of that, as it pushes the boundaries of what robots can do in the real world. Definitely. Jen, I'm excited to dive deeper into this paper and discuss the experimental results and analyses provided by the authors.
It's always fascinating to see how different algorithms perform in real-world scenarios. That's right, Tom. So stay tuned as we continue to explore this innovative benchmark and discuss the implications for the field of robot manipulation. We'll be back after a short break with more insights and analysis. Welcome back, everyone. We hope you enjoyed the break. Before we continue our discussion on the SCENERE-PLICA benchmark, we want to take a moment to thank our sponsors who make this podcast possible. That's right, Tom. We appreciate the support from our sponsors, as it allows us to bring you the latest in technology advancements and research. So thank you to all our sponsors for believing in our mission. Absolutely, Jen. Now, let's dive back into the paper and explore the details of the SCENERE-PLICA benchmark. Stay tuned for some fascinating insights and analysis. And as always, if you have any questions or thoughts on this topic, feel free to reach out to us on social media or through our website. We love hearing from our listeners and engaging in discussions. That's right, Jen. We value your input. And your feedback helps us shape the content of our podcast so don't hesitate to get in touch with us. Thanks for tuning in, and let's get back to our discussion on the SCENERE-PLICA benchmark. Alright, Jen. We have a fascinating topic to dive into today. It's all about a reproducible benchmark for evaluating robot manipulation in the real world. That's right, Tom. This benchmark is called Scene Replica, and it focuses specifically on pick-and-place tasks using commonly used objects in the robotics community. The benchmark is designed to be easily reproducible in the real world, making it accessible to researchers and practitioners. It ensures that the results are comparable to other studies by using a commonly used dataset called YCB objects. That's a great point, Tom. It's important to have a benchmark that allows for fair and standardized comparisons between different techniques and algorithms. Absolutely, Jen. And not only does this benchmark provide a standardized evaluation framework, but it also allows researchers to compare different methods and algorithms leading to faster progress in developing robot manipulation methods. Exactly. Tom, the benchmark includes experimental results and analysis for model-based and model-free 6D robotic grasping. This means that they evaluate representative algorithms for object perception, grasping planning, and motion planning. It's really interesting how they compare two main paradigms for 6D robotic grasping. Model-based grasping and model-free grasping. Model-based grasping uses 3D models of objects for perception and planning. While model-free grasping doesn't assume the availability of 3D object models. Right, Tom. And by evaluating these two paradigms within the benchmark, they provide a comprehensive analysis and comparison of different object perception, grasping planning, motion planning, and control methods. Absolutely. Jen. 
And one of the unique aspects of this benchmark is that it focuses on creating reproducible scenes. Without using AR markers or external cutouts to guide object placement. That's a really important point. Tom. They have developed a method to replicate scenes in the real world using reference images of the scenes. This allows for easy setup and reproducibility without the need for additional equipment. Exactly. Jen. And by creating this benchmark. They provide the robotics community with a valuable tool for evaluating robot manipulation tasks and advancing the field. That's right, Tom. They plan to continuously maintain the benchmark and evaluate additional perception, planning, and control methods on it, making it a valuable resource for researchers in the future. Absolutely, Jen. This benchmark has the potential to drive faster progress in robot manipulation research and pave the way for innovative developments in the field. I couldn't agree more. Tom, it's an exciting benchmark that opens up new possibilities for evaluating and advancing robot manipulation methods. Definitely. Jen. Well. That wraps up our exploration of the scene replica benchmark for evaluating real-world robot manipulation. It's been a fascinating dive into this topic. And I'm excited to see how it influences future research in the field. Absolutely. Tom. And as always, thank you to our listeners for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode and found it informative. Until next time. Keep exploring and stay curious. Background music fades in. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the most exhilarating podcast in town. I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. This podcast episode is proudly sponsored by Pickle Powered Umbrella Co. Because why let rain dampen your day when you can pickle it up? That's right. Jen. Picture this. A dark, gloomy day. Clouds pregnant with rain. And you're standing there. A vortex of misery forming around you. But fear not. Pickle Powered Umbrella Co. has the solution for your soggy sorrows. Introducing the world's first pickle powered umbrella. Imagine whipping open this majestic umbrella. And suddenly, a tangy pickle aroma fills the air. It's like a delicious olfactory hug. Jen. That's not all. Tom. These umbrellas are infused with the essence of pickles. Providing you with extra protection against unpleasant surprises from above. And if you think that's weird. Wait until you see the design. Our umbrellas are shaped like actual pickles. Complete with bums and ridges. It's a fashion statement that says. I'm here to pickle up this rainy day. Plus, each umbrella is equipped with a built-in pickle jar holder. No longer will you struggle to balance your pickle jar and umbrella simultaneously. You'll be the envy of everyone on the street. Jen. Picture yourself strutting with your pickle-powered umbrella. Raindrops sliding off your shoulders. And a smirk that says. I've got my pickle defenses up. So. Folks, don't let a little rain ruin your parade. Head to Pickle Powered Umbrella Co. 
today and protect yourself from precipitation in the most pickle-tastic way. And remember, this podcast episode is brought to you by the fine folks at Pickle Powered Umbrella Company, who believe that life is too short to be delighted by bad weather. Jingle. Musical note Pickle Powered Umbrella Company. Keeping you in brine. Musical note. Background music fades out. Welcome back to another episode of the Science of Robotics. The podcast where we dive deep into the latest research and advancements in the field of robotics. I'm your host, Tom. And joining me as always is the brilliant Jen. How are you doing today? Jen? I'm doing great. Tom, I'm really excited about today's episode because we'll be discussing a groundbreaking paper titled Deep Normalizing Flows for State Estimation. State estimation is such a critical component of next-generation robotics. And I can't wait to learn more about how deep learning techniques are being applied to improve this process. Absolutely. Jen. Safe and reliable state estimation is crucial for robots to understand their surroundings and make informed decisions. But traditional state estimation techniques often struggle with complex distributions. Especially in nonlinear systems that's where normalizing flows come in. Normalizing flows are a deep generative method for constructing probabilistic models of complex distributions using parametric variable transformations. In this paper, the authors propose using deep normalizing flows to learn an expressive representation of the belief over an agent's true state. And what's really interesting is that they improve upon existing architectures for normalizing flows by using more expressive deep neural network architectures to parameterize the flow. This allows for a more accurate representation of complex and possibly multimodal beliefs over underlying robot states. Absolutely. Tom and the authors evaluate their method on two robotic state estimation tasks and show that their approach outperforms both classical and modern deep learning-based state estimation baselines. This is a significant achievement that has the potential to improve the performance and safety of robotic systems. It certainly is. Gen. State estimation is crucial for applications like autonomous driving and spacecraft attitude. Determination. And any improvement in accuracy and efficiency can have a profound impact on the field. That's right. Tom. In this episode. We'll be delving deeper into the methodology of deep normalizing flows, discussing the different conditioning operator architectures used, and exploring the experimental results that demonstrate the effectiveness of this approach. It's going to be an informative and exciting discussion. Jen. So, let's get started and learn more about the fascinating world of deep normalizing flows for state. Estimation theme music. Welcome back, everyone. We hope you enjoyed the intro to today's episode about deep normalizing flows for state estimation. This paper presents a fascinating approach to improving state estimation in robotic systems using deep learning techniques. Stay tuned for part two. 
where we'll dive deeper into the methodology and discuss the experimental results. And as always, thanks for listening to the Science of Robotics, the podcast that brings you the latest in robotics research. I'm Tom. And I'm Jen. And we'll see you in the next episode. Background music playing. Welcome back, folks. We have a very special sponsor for today's episode. Get ready to laugh and be amazed because this podcast is brought to you by Zigzag Zoology, where we teach animals to walk in unpredictable patterns. That's right. Tom, are you tired of seeing animals walk in straight lines, following the same old predictable paths? Well, Prepare to have your mind blown with zigzag zoology. We're taking animal locomotion to a whole new level. Picture this. A zebra strutting its stuff in a wiggly, zigzag fashion. Confusing every lion in the vicinity. A penguin doing the hokey pokey with its feet. Making all the other penguins think what the heck. Or even a giraffe doing the electric slide with its long neck. Hold on. Tom. Let's not forget about the grand finale. The star of the show, the kangaroo doing the cha-cha slide. It's a sight you'll never unsee. With zigzag zoology, you'll have tears of laughter streaming down your face. But wait, there's more. Have you ever wondered what a snake doing the macarena would look like? Well, wonder no more because we've got you covered with our zigzag zoology podcast. Howling with laughter guaranteed. So, whether you're a nature enthusiast or just in desperate need of a good belly laugh, tune in to Zigzag Zoology, where we teach animals to walk in unpredictable patterns. This podcast is sponsored by laughter and sponsored by the absurd. Don't miss out on this hilarious, weird, and wild twist on the animal kingdom. Zigzag Zoology is where it's at. Folks, Tune in and let the unpredictable walking begin. Ending jingle fades out.